God, you are the God of angel armies. You are the God that loves us, that nourishes us, that nurtures us, that protects us. So we claim fully that no weapon, no distraction, no assignment or scheme of the enemy will prosper. We claim fully the blood of Jesus Christ that gives us the victory over sin and death. We pray, O God, that during this time of study, that your spirit would just move within us, move among us. We need you to open your word to us in a way that perhaps we have never heard before. So God, we pray that you and your will would just be done today. We love you. We are here to worship you in spirit and in truth, knowing that that truth comes from your word. So we humble ourselves before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, last week I I started a a three-week series on good health, and we talked about being healthy in body last week. We're going to talk about being healthy in soul this week, and next week we'll we'll go deeply into what it means to be a spirit-filled person. So you know that uh, we are spirit beings. We live eternally as spirit Okay? But we have a soul that dwells in our physical body. So today I want to talk about our soul. And I'm, I'm going to ask you again, this is one of those teaching sermons. So get out your phones or get a piece of paper and write down all these scriptures that I'm going to throw at you. Because I know that the Holy Spirit wants you to meditate on these scriptures and then... God will reveal to you what you need to do as we talk about, as, um, as we live a life of being followers of Christ Jesus. So first of all, you need to know that our soul is a, the very core of who we are. It's, who, it's what makes us a unique personality. It's what I would call our true self. It's who God created us to be. Very unique, very different That is our soul, the essence of who we are as people. Now, I want us to think, first of all, as the scripture that we we started with last week. First go to 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. And I'll just say it, you know this, but get out your phones if you've got the Bible on as an app or bring your Bible and let's study the word together in these coming weeks. I mean, you know, you come to church and we leave our Bibles at home. That just doesn't compute to me. So, so let's, get it, let's get it going here, all right? <clears throat> Watch out. <laughs> all right, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Now, I I talked about that last week. You know that sanctification is a process. It's not a one-time deal. But once we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, that's the justifying grace that we talk about in the United Methodist Church. From that point on, when we invite Jesus into our heart, then we are part of a process of sanctification where we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and we expect the Holy Spirit to be doing things in and through us. All right, so sanctification is a process. Going on with verse 23. May your whole spirit, soul, and body 
be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the good news. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. The one who calls us, Jesus Christ, in and through us, is going to work together with us to get our physical body on track as the temple of the Holy Spirit. He is going to get our soul on track and to get our spirit on track. And we do that mostly through studying the Word of God. So go on to Hebrews, Hebrews 4, verses 12 and 13. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. That means the word of God is so powerful, it's going to cut away at us. It's going to refine us. It's going to convict us. It's going to shape us. It's going to cut away the shame and the guilt if we allow it to do so through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Sometimes I think we just try to live our lives as if God doesn't know us. God is a very personal God and knows our thoughts, knows what we want to say before we even express it. So we need to get on board and be open and vulnerable, I would say transparent, as we work to let God do a great work in and through us. All right, so that's the foundation of where I'm going today. I want to, to give you some definitions or to help you think of what the soul really is. First of all, it embodies the mind. So it is that thinker part of us. It's our conscious and our subconscious thinking it's our intellect, our reasoning, our beliefs, our opinions, our attitudes, and our desires. So see how that is very personal and unique to each one of us? So our soul is our mind, and it's also our emotions. It's that feeler in us. It's the way we feel things. It's the way we sense things. And it has to do with our memory as well. And thirdly, our soul is made up of our will. That's the chooser in us. It's the choices that we make, the way we make decisions. It's the way we, we tune into our own strength and our own power, as well as the way we connect with God's work, God's strength power within us. Now, I think this is right. Some of you medical people in here, you can let me know. But I do believe that our soul is connected to our physical body through the immune system, the endocrine system, and the nervous system. Yeah? All right. I, Lewis said yeah, so we'll, we'll go with that. I just needed an MD's okay on that one. But I think that's how the connection is made. Now, I need to, to talk with you about... Do you get the idea that the, the soul is the essence, I keep saying this, but the essence of who we are? It makes us individuals. It makes, it's what makes us tick. It makes us, uh, it makes me me. It makes you you. 
All right. Now, to, to get our soul on track, I need you to look at these different uh, scripture verses. We're going to go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. Because you see, we are called to live a life of holiness. We are called to be set apart. We are called to live a life that's different than, than Joe and Jane blow out on the street. Because of that, then, we go to the word of God for direction, for guidance, and for encouragement. First Peter, if you have some time, you need to just study this little book, First Peter, because it truly is encouragement. It's, it's a, um, what's the word? Exhortation. How about that? It's an exhortation of how to live a Christian life. It's an easy how-to book. So if you're not quite sure where or how God is leading and guiding you, do a quick read and then sit with 1 Peter, and I know God will reveal something to you. All right, 1 Peter 1, verses 13 through 16. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it's written, be holy because I, Jesus, am holy. Now we talk a lot about our old prior to receiving Jesus Christ's self. We talk about the old self has died and we rise again in newness of life with Christ. If we are living a life that is, is pleasing to God, then some of those, those habits, some of those things on which we set our mind, some of those temptations or some of those desires, we're going to need to, to step it up a few notches and become more aware of how we are living our life. Because what used to be okay now is not really okay as Christians. Do you get what I mean by that? Our lives should be different. It should look different. It should be that aroma of Christ. We are supposed to be set apart. What does that look like? Go back to Romans. Romans 12. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. We talked about this last week, but I want to go back to it again because it's, it's how we're supposed to live. Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, my brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What are you setting your mind on? What are you thinking about? What are you allowing into your home? What are you watching on TV? What, are, what kind of music are you listening to and letting your children listen to? What kind of talk is coming out of your mouth? If we are truly going to live as followers of Jesus Christ, then we're going to try to live a pure and holy life. Are we going to be perfect at it? Absolutely not. 
but we're going to set, set our sights on higher standards. That's what Christ did, and that's what we are called to do. All right, now we need to go into the, the heavy stuff. 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10. And for me, this is the, the, um, mm, the mm of this message this morning. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 10, starting with the third verse. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now I'm going to stop right there. I want you to understand what strongholds are. Strongholds are the understanding of who we are that's been ingrained in us. Perhaps by parents, by ha perhaps by a boss or a teacher. Somebody who more than likely fed you a lie and told you something that was not true. Told you that you'll never amount to anything. Oh, you think you can do that? Ha. Huh. Or, or a stronghold is that fear that you keep hearing or the lies about yourself that you keep hearing. It is not truth. And that's what the enemy, Satan, tries to get us to believe. And we have, all of us in our life, have clung onto strongholds since we were little. And this is a time when God is calling us to start doing some heavy-duty work to, first of all, identify these strongholds and then to, to not only become aware of them, but to get the healing or deliverance that we need. All right, so now back to the scripture. <clears throat> the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That is one of my prayers for myself, for my family, and for you. More than once a day, I pray that because you know my thoughts can just go kind of haywire and I can get off track very, very easily. And, and I have to pray that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will make my thoughts, my reactions, my, the things I say, my attitudes, obedient to that of Christ Jesus our Lord. It's way different than if Joanne were doing things on her own. Strongholds, the fears, the lies, the sins that influence the way we think and behave. The strongholds are all of that stuff that binds us from living a life of joy and fulfillment in Christ Jesus. Now, let me talk through this a little bit. The moment that we accept Christ as our Savior, our spirits become brand new. And I'll talk much more about that next week. But our spirits become new. That's a given. We're completely a new person when we accept Jesus as our Savior. We're born of God. We're made alive to God. Like I said, some of you who have been 
baptized by immersion, that's so beautifully symbolic because you die to your old self, you die to the sins, and then you are raised to new life in Christ Jesus. Okay, so immediately our spirits are made new when we accept Jesus Christ, but our souls still need to be transformed and purified or what I would call sanctified by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. That's where we have work to do. Now, I just have to interject here that I feel that God wants and needs you at our adult retreat at the end of February. That's what our adult retreat is going to be all about, our deep roots, how we need to sink our, our roots of faith deep in the living water of Jesus Christ. But we also have to identify and deal with and release some of those roots of rejection, rebellion, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, all of that stuff that binds us and keeps us locked up so that we can't live a life that Christ is calling us to live. See me afterwards. I can tell you more about that. We, you don't want to miss it. All right, so all of this stuff, you know, John Wesley, our, our founder of United Methodism, would, he was a, a big believer in life groups. He called them other things. But before each small group meeting began, he would ask this one question, how is it with your soul? That wasn't in just how are you, I'm fine type of question. How is it with your soul? He meant, what is going on with you? What about your mind? What are you thinking about? What are your attitudes? What are your beliefs? How are you in relationship with other people? What about your emotions? How are you feeling and expressing your emotions? I'll just say, you know this, emotions are real. But the ways in which we allow them to get out, hmm, sometimes we need to work a lot on our emotions. And then what about your will? What about the choices you make? Are you doing things that, that bring you closer to God? Or are you just kind of blowing God off during the week and then if you can sacrifice an hour on Sunday morning, you're with him? What kinds of things are you putting your mind? How are you, expecting, how are you expressing your emotions? How are you making choices? What decisions do you make? Do you just make your decisions on your own? Or do you pray and, and plead for God through the power of his Holy Spirit to, to guide you, to direct you? That first song we sang, we're not our own. Not our will, but thy will be done. This is where it gets to the nitty gritty. Some of you, I sometimes, suffer from blue days, some of you go deeper into depression or anxiety. Some of you are overwhelmed and overcome by fear and doubt. Some of you are allowing this controlling, manipulative behavior to interfere with your relationships with others. And I will say that some of you probably are crossing the line into abusive behavior at some point. Some of you and I have the, the tendency to cower back. 
We never think we're worry, worthy or we, we don't feel like we have an opinion or the right to express ourselves. Some of us are battling addictions. Some of us are suffering from the temptations that continue to overwhelm us. And this is where I have to say, if we're going to be healthy in body, soul, in spirit, then it's time that we fess up and say, you know what? I cannot do this on my own. I am being overtaken by the temptation to look at porn or the temptation to drink or the temptation to take some other kind of substance. Or I am, I am taking it out on my family. I am being abusive to my family. Or I am being just plain rude and nasty to others at work. This is the time where we have to, to do some inner, I call it this deep inner work. God wants us to be healthy in our soul. And what does that mean to you and to me? It means that we've got to, to do some self-assessing. It means that we spend time in prayer and say, okay, Holy Spirit, God, show me. Show me the areas of my life that are not healthy. And then give me the means, the courage to do something about it. We are called to keep on being transformed, being purified, sanctified. God is saying, I've got all of this good, goodness for you. But there are many obstacles in your way, in my way. I believe, and I can tell by the looks on your faces, that, that this is hitting home for us. I believe that God is calling us to a life of fullness, a life of joy. Now, does that mean that life is going to be easy? Absolutely not. We're living in a broken, fallen world. But God says, I want you to be as healthy as you can. So my question to you is, what are you going to do about it? How is it with your soul? Let's pray. Oh, we, don't, we don't like to hear this kind of stuff, oh God. This makes us uncomfortable. Uh, some of us feel like, like it's just you're talking to me. God, we don't like to face the parts of our life that aren't perfect. Because we put up a good show trying to make it look like we've got it all together. So God, right now, we just humble ourselves before you. I have the image, oh God, of us just falling flat on our faces and saying, we cannot do this on our own. We try, oh God, but we keep getting getting caught, getting bound in all of these strongholds, these lies and the fears and the doubt and all of the, mm, the stuff. So God, we ask that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would begin to work in us. And this time, God, we would pray that you would not let us ignore that conviction within our soul. 
I pray, God, that you would draw us close to you, that you would give us a hunger and a thirst for you and your word. And I pray, God, that you would make us mindful of one another so that we might, we might journey with, we might be the ones who would speak a word of encouragement or to find the help that others need. God, unify us. We want to be healthy, oh God. So work within our soul right now. We love you. We have faith in you and we trust you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.